Jackson. You're locked into JJ and Alex. With the insight and analysis on the teams you can't live without. Presented by G2G Bars. This is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Honestly, I feel like everybody in the world know about the history of this position here. You got to match that level every year. But that's what it's about. Like every year, there's a good quarterback in the system that runs this. So you need that every single year. Every every team needs a really good quarterback because that's who's in command. That's who's the leader on the field. That's the guy. The quarterback position is very important. I love Gary. Gary's great. Me and that guy had inside jokes on, on day two, to be honest with you. I mean, it's cool to see a guy like that, you know, with some experience to come in the room, and that's so fun to be able to just, you know, bounce things off of him. And he's a great dude and just love hanging out with the guy in general. Welcome back. It is 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone. It's a Friday, and we're out and about, which is the best way to do it on a Friday. Uh, we're at the Mountain America Expo Center here in Sandy. Mountain America Expo Center, Sandy. You nailed that. Got it. That's where we're at. I love being here, Alex, but it's also hard because I want stuff that's here, and I can't afford it. Yeah. I bought a, I bought a golf club today, and part of that just was one. just one. <laughs> that's where I'm at in my life. I bought a rescue club that I wanted, and then that was a two-fold situation for me, which was I said, oh, I already bought something today, so I can't. I can't buy these many accessories that I want to buy while I'm here. I'll get sold on anything too, JJ. I'll be over here and I'll be like, like they got the, the like they have a dehydrated salsa over here, and I'll get sold on that in two seconds. I'm about to walk over. You're going to walk out of here, go down to yes. the local grocery store, buy the chips, and bring them back. That's a thousand percent what I would do because I yep. get I'm gullible like that. It's not gullible. It's a great deal. That's the way I look at it. All right, I'll walk out of here with new sunglasses and some salsa and i'll go well i didn't buy a utv honey see that's what i do is i go <laughs> i saved us money today uh-huh i only spent two hundred dollars on accessories at the outdoor expo and that means that i didn't buy i saved us ninety five thousand dollars because i didn't buy that uh utv over there I hope by the you, way there is a ninety five thousand dollar utv over here there is it's amazing i hope you enjoy <laughs> your uh salsa in uh in the dog house. i know yeah well <laughs> that's uh but see again my wife has used that logic well i couldn't not do it Otherwise, we were going to lose money. It was a deal. Saving money. <laughs> Had to do it. Uh, our program is always brought to you by G2G Bars. All natural ingredients and no preservatives make the G2G Bar unique and a perfect protein bar. They taste amazing. Uh, local refrigerated section at your grocers at Costco, Holiday Oil, Maverick. You've seen them, of course, popping up also at Smith's and 7-Eleven. So go check it out. G2G Bar. Uh, but let's kick the show off. Let's get Matt Biamonte on the program here with us. It's the cut right here at the top of the hour. It's time for the biggest story of the day. This is what made the cut with JJ and Alex on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. All right, here's the deal. We have, uh, of course, gotten ourselves very excited about a, uh, a couple things going on here in the world of football. We have spring football to talk about. Matt Biamonte joining us here on the program. Uh, Matt, of course, covers the Cougs for KSLSports.com. He's going to be down observing practices and doing as much as he can to, uh, to get us going on the BYU side of things of what's going on in spring because they're getting started early here. Matt, what was the, uh, what's the, the logic behind starting two or three weeks before everybody else on the spring football side of things? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Honestly, 
I kind of like it from the from the standpoint of if you get done a little earlier than others, you can have your exit interviews. You can get a jump start on <laughs> right. the next round of of portaling. So mm, rather portaling. than you're well, still, <laughs> I love that you, new you, term. You, you created something new. Let's go portaling. Let's go portaling, everybody. <laughs> hey, it kind of sounds like we 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 have a third opportunity for portaling down the road here with wow. some of these rule changes. But nice. yeah, I. I I kind of like it just in the standpoint of you, you get that done. You have your exit interviews. You let people know where they stand. People can hit the portal earlier from your team. So it's kind of player friendly in that regard. And then you can focus solely on the portal and everything that's not spring football when that opens up after spring football. So I, I don't hate that they're starting early, though. It, it felt a little weird being there in February. I know it was a leap year, but you look down and it's like, geez, it's February and Super Bowl just ended a couple weeks ago, and spring football is back. But and it's not even close to spring, but it was still fun being there. Matt, before we dig into the elephant in the room, which is the BYU quarterback situation and competition, just give us the overall vibe you felt there. You were at practice today. You were on the grass. You were out there, smelling the smells, which I'm jealous of. I wasn't able to get there yesterday. But what was the overall vibe like, and what are some of the things that stood out to you day one? I think the the number one thing that stuck out to me was true freshman tight end Reiner Swanson. Now, J.J. knows this well, and so does Alex, but we, we don't get to watch a ton of practice. So who knows what happened in the, you know, 80% of practice that happened before we got there. But he made multiple catches from Jake Retzlaff and from Gary Bohannon, across the middle, uh, corner routes, that type of – he looked really good, like – it brought me back to 2019, 2020, when JJ and everyone else at KSL was in Vegas for the entire month, it seemed like. And I was the only <laughs> one at BYU yeah. Spring Football. And and Isaac Rex was balling out. And mind you, Matt Bushman was still in plans at that point. He hadn't tore his Achilles yet. And you felt like, geez, I know Bushman's here and he's great, but Rex is going to factor in. That was my biggest takeaway from yesterday was like, he may not be tied at one. But Reiner Swanson, the true freshman, four-star star tight end of Southern California, he's going to play in the fall, and he's going to make a difference. He was mm. really, really impressive. And then the other takeaway was there was a lot more f- familiarity in terms of just guys that have been in the program for a couple of years. Last year, there were so many new faces at nearly every position. I mean, offensively. It's like, okay, they're breaking in Slovis. They're breaking in Robbins. They're breaking in new offensive linemen. They've got a bunch of new tight ends you've never heard of. It's every position. It felt like there was all these new faces. This year, there's not as many new faces, which I think could benefit this team to have a little continuity and to build upon some of the stuff they did last year. So let's talk the quarterback position. And we talk about this quarterback uh, competition, of course, that was talked about quite a bit. We've already – We've already beaten it to death, and we and we just are day one into uh, the quarterback or into uh, spring ball. Gary Bohannon and Jake Redslap are those the only two that are part of the competition, or is there a reality of somebody else maybe being the starter or the backup that's not one of those two guys? Those are the only two. It's it's a two man race. Redslap and Bohannon. Both of them had some some really nice moments, some good throws. Uh, Bohannon was on that corner out to Swanson. It had a really good touch on it. You know, it looked. It's day one, but he, he threw the ball well. He had some some nice passes, so it, it's it's uh it's probably way too early to say this, but it looks like his shoulder is fine after the, at the injury that ended his tenure at at South Florida. And Retzlaff mm. had some nice throws as well. Some 
and and he displayed what what makes him unique. Uh, his ability to throw from different angles had a good sidearm throw over the middle to Keanu Hill. I think it's going to be a long battle, and ultimately, I don't think honestly I don't feel like we're going to have a starter named before the first game. That's been something the staff has done before, and I could see it happening again. And if it's a if it's both guys are worthy of being the starter, I think the tie would go to Jake Retzlaff just because of the time that this coaching staff put into him last year and those four starts at the end of the season. But uh, there wasn't any separation. They both had moments, and I think it's going to be a long battle between those two. Alex and I just had the conversation about whether that's good or bad, that uh, it could take well into fall camp before a starter's named. What's your opinion on that? Do you think that it would be beneficial for the program to uh, make that announcement and make that decision in March or wait till uh, last week in August? My opinion is, J.J., that it's bad. I, I think there's a lot to be had from naming a starter at the end of spring. That person gets to be the captain in player practices in the summer. That person will get more reps in the fall, which prepares them more for games. And I've just always been a believer of when someone knows that they're the man, they, they carry themselves a different way. And, and that might go against what Kalani always talks about, which is, competition and every day you got to earn it and look I get it like you don't want to just hand someone the job but I think there is a lot of value to the team knowing who the guy is going to be getting extra reps with that guy because when you're splitting reps two ways and in spring football they're splitting it a lot more than that because they there's even after those two who's the third guy there's there's a number of guys vying for that third spot and we know that BOU football has had more than two quarterbacks play in a lot of seasons in the independent era and now heading into the big 12. So the reps are split up quite a bit. I, I think it's just, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm not caring enough about competition, but I'm someone who believes in having an established guy, get that guy ready for games and have the teammates that he's going to be playing with at the five offensive linemen and the starting tight ends. Like get that group as much repetitions as you can, because there's no, there's no, replacement in college football and I didn't even say college basketball as well there's no replacement for reps like you need as many as you can there's a limited number amount of time that these guys can practice and I would love it if one of these dudes won the job at the end of spring I I just after one day it didn't feel like there was any separation at all Matt Baimonte joining us here on JJ and Alex 97.5 the KSL Sport Zone and uh, as you got to see that first availability and uh, and kind of talk to some of these players how's the energy though I mean I would imagine these guys it's beyond a level of excitement it's a job it's a uh, it's a ton of work obviously that kind of this is one of those moments where it can it can be put out on a field where they're suiting up partially they're out there trying to impress coaches what's the energy like down there in Provo from the coaches and the players I spoke with Chase Roberts after practice yesterday. That's an interview we'll play tomorrow on Cougar Sports Saturday. But he just noted how there seems to be a little different uh, urgency to this this year's team because of the way last year ended. He actually felt like, and he's not the only one who, who felt this way. Mitch Harper actually felt this way. And Chase Roberts agrees with him that he kind of felt like it was a benefit to the team to have lost that Oklahoma State game the way that they did because it gave them an extra hunger. 
that they maybe wouldn't have had if they went six and six and got to a bowl game and who knows where they would have went, but it would have felt differently than it did this off season where that, that was such a huge motivating factor. The way that they ended last year, Oh, you know, had s- several opportunities at the end of the year to win a sixth game and go to a bowl game and week after week after week, they couldn't do it. And several of those weeks they were getting blown out West Virginia, uh, Iowa state. And so he's, he he said that hey, there's there's just a different level of focus and energy right now, because we still have that bitter taste in our mouths the way that last season ended. So, and I, I think that's a good thing too for this group because they have such a hard schedule. We've talked about this on the show. They did not get any favors in conference play. It's got to be incredibly urgent from now until game one if they're gonna improve upon what they did last year. Matt, is there a position battle non-quarterback that you find fascinating? The tight end position, man. I, I know I just talked about it with Reiner Swanson, but there is basically no production at that position. Uh, but there's a lot of talent. There's multiple four-star tight ends. There's guys they have brought in from the transfer portal that now this is their second year here. And there's a new tight end coach, which I think kind of resets everything. It's a blank slate for all these guys, is this the year that Jackson Bowers, who last year there was kind of hope and promise that he would develop into someone who got meaningful snaps offensively? That never happened. Does he take a huge jump forward and become that four-star caliber dude that falls in the footsteps of Isaac Rex? Is Reiner Swanson, like, did he just come at the perfect time? There's no production here. There's a new tight end coach. Does he just seize the moment? He gets here early. So he gets spring football. Does he just become a, a darling, one of the faces of the offense? I mean, it sure looked that way yesterday. And then there's other guys last year that, that are fighting to play and maybe carve out a new role. And then on top of that, you've got Keanu Hill, who he had flashes yesterday. I still have questions as to whether or not he can be in every down tight end. I don't love tight ends that are solely on the field for blocking or solely on the field for running pass routes. I, I feel like it's it makes it easier to defend defensively. Can he prove enough in the run blocking part of his game to be on the field for run plays that disguises his elite ability of being a pass catcher? So that is such a fascinating battle because there's no clear answer there. And it's it's gonna take a while to figure out, but it's a it's always been a critical part to BYU football success is is good tight end play. I mean when you go back throughout the decades, we could rip off so many names of guys that played in the league and had great careers at BYU. Who's going to be that next guy? I'm going to be watching that battle very closely because it's fascinating. What about the running back room? I mean, that's one thing where, you know, everybody's looking around and there's some familiar names coming back. But uh, are there other guys who, you know, are, are, are really piquing the interest of the coaching staff and, and you guys that are watching? The one guy in particular is Miles Davis. Yeah, he, he flirted with the portal and, and came back. Does he earn that backup job? This is It's a really interesting battle because this is one of those positions where I felt like, and myself included, were they going to add someone before spring football? They opted not to. And depending on how these guys perform, do they go into the next wave of portaling and say, okay, we got to go add someone? because the depth isn't there, we need another option. Or does Miles Davis, Heakley Ropati, who missed all of last year, but he has some great flashes 
two years ago at the end of the season. Think about that Boise State game where he was making plays in the screen game. He had some nice runs against Stanford. Does he reemerge and become an option? And does L.J. Martin also take a big step forward? He had moments last year, but there were also a lot of a lot of games where he wasn't busting for 100 yards and he wasn't showing that explosive ability. Does he step forward and, and firmly seize that starting job? So that's a... Uh, that's to be determined, and it's 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 a really important one too. Because as Chase Roberts noted yesterday in my conversation with him, he talked about how offensively, from just as a whole, offensively we got to run the football better. And he's absolutely right. If if they can't figure out the run game, which is the running backs and the offensive line, then it's going to be another year like last year where they're at the bottom of college football in total offense. You, you can't be reliant on the pass game. And have no run game. So it's it's a critical piece that's going to be interesting here in spring ball. Let's switch gears to BYU hoops, which is a happy topic right now. Uh, nobody saw this coming, the way this BYU team is playing. They are no longer, uh, they are a lock. There's no doubt about that after the win at Kansas. Big game on uh, Saturday against TCU. But, Matt, this is our first chance to get your reaction to the Kansas win. What did BYU prove to everyone about them and what they're capable of after the way they performed at the Fog Allen Fieldhouse? I think they proved to everyone that they're still getting better. Like, these were moments of games that they had lost previously, and and we hadn't seen it yet, a breakthrough on the road, late in games, executing offensively. They were getting great shots against Kansas down the stretch. Now they made them. But they were the quality of the looks were great too, and and that wasn't the case earlier in the year against Cincinnati and a loss at home against Houston. They were having a hard time generating good looks down the stretch, and you love too that it was two of your best players making the plays: Jackson Robinson nailing three pointers, Dallin Hall off the dribble breaking down Hunter Dickinson drilling a three in his face. Like those are big confidence builders for guys that have to make those plays at the end of games. You need guys in in specific roles late in games that you can trust to make a play. And to see Dallin Hall and Jackson Robinson do that on the road in one of the best venues in college basketball, that to me signaled that this team is still improving and learning. And that was the one area where I had real concern going into the tournament was late in game. Where do they go and who's going to make the plays? We finally saw that in a big win against Kansas, one of the biggest wins in program program history. And now there's a real opportunity with two of your last three games at home. If you beat TCU, look, TCU's gathering votes. Like they're a good experienced yeah. team. It's going to be hard. But if you can win your home games, you've got a real shot at a five seed which would be big for this team. So that, that was a, a sweet win, but I loved in particular that it was late game execution that got them the win. What's the, uh, I mean, how do they avoid the letdown from uh, the insane emotion from Lawrence on, on, uh, on Tuesday night versus a Saturday game against, uh, against TCU who comes to the Marriott Center and they're just like, yeah, we hope you guys are still thinking about that game. I think you you nailed it, Alex. It's the Merritt Center. I, I think if if they go on the road, they probably lose because it's it's hard to to generate that energy all the time. But you come back to the Merritt Center. The Merritt Center has been, if not the best venue in the Big Twelve this year. I mean, it has been elite. The home court advantage down in Provo. It's it's right up there in the top three. Being back at home, 
is such a huge boost for them that I think should help them eliminate or maybe not eliminate, but avoid the hangover because it's hard. And that question was asked to the players and Coach Pope and media availability this week. And he said, you know, it's it's a part of it, but we just got to stay focused one game at a time. But being at home is is big because there's been games at home this year where they haven't played necessarily great. You know, Kansas State is one that comes to mind. UCF comes to mind. But the crowd was so great. It gave them such a boost at moments. I think that is a, a big deal tomorrow against TCU to avoid that hangover. Just to be back at home. It's a sellout. So I think BOU fans uh, have re-engaged after that Kansas win. And I think it's going to be a, a lively venue, and that should help them avoid that hangover. A very, very, very good edition of – Cougar Sports Saturday tomorrow because of the football and the basketball angles. Matt Biamonte, one of the hosts with Mitch Harper, of course, on KSL News Radio. Matt, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you again. Of course. Have a great weekend, you guys. There you go. Right. Thanks, Matt. Matt Biamonte. Avoiding the hangover in Provo, something they're very good at.